you doing, man? All right. How, how was China? In China? <laughs> I'll get around to it. I know you will. I, I know you will, man. Rex, you know how much fun, dude, you know how much fun this is for me because, dude, I, we've been doing this forever and, dude, I'm so, I didn't, I missed you the first time because I had work here, but I'm so excited to have you on here now. I, I can't fucking tell you, man. Oh, man, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, glad to be back on with you guys. I appreciate you having me. JP, you ready? I'm going to start fucking just popping out questions. If yeah. That's okay. Yeah, we're good. And then, and then you can, we'll go through, the, uh, Rex, I'm going to ask a few, I'm just going to go through this stuff. And um, JP and I have been doing this for about eight years. A little bit of a back history on us is that we were doing this before the podcast actually exists. It was wow, really? It was internet radio back then, but we worked. So we worked with PWA a lot. Um, with Kev, that's how we got you was through Kevin and Robbie Gilmore. So man, that's gotta be great for you guys. You guys have like, connections all over the country now. It's cool. Yeah. So here's a funny story. And this, it, so. I'm watching Rob one night, and I was down in Houston, and I see Robbie doing a security spot. And next to him, I see a kid I knew as Biff Busick, Chris whatever, now only looking. So I text Robbie. I said, the kid next to you on TV, if you don't know him, get to know him. And, you know, Robbie got back, cool, yeah, I know, he seems like a good dude. And I don't know, a year or so later, Biff came back up to Boston and was like, hey, I heard I owe you a thank, and a thank you for a random booking. So he that that was how he got in with Booker. Yeah. So it's just paying attention and knowing, you know, seeing who's on and who's around people and stuff, and networking is such a huge part of the wrestling business. Absolutely, yeah, man. Building that uh, building that network up for sure. I think it's uh, something that people are starting to get better at with like, Twitter and things like that. But uh, it used to be everybody just wanted to protect their bookings, right? Yeah. Kind of stay in the bubble. Well, with you even, like at the end, you ended, and I, I gave you a lot of credit for this, you ended every single one of your vlogs with all of your plugs, all of your, your Twitter handles and the Instagram and all that. And that's so smart because you had such a such a broad audience on there for Fight TV. You know, if somebody, did you get follows out of that? Were you, did you pay attention oh, to? Oh, yeah, I was tracking social media hard. I had some pretty stiff goals for myself. I wanted to keep, uh, you know, going into it because I figured... You know, best case scenario coming out of it, if I had a broader audience, then that's a win. Yeah. So, yeah, my uh, my social media did really well. I uh, really happy with uh, how Instagram and Twitter did. So, uh, yeah, no, no complaints about that. Yeah, that's see, up in New England, we got Bob Evans. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob at all. Yeah, and Bob, man, he's putting out some of the best info for anybody. So his new thing now, if you pay attention to his Facebook, his new thing now is he'll help anyone out. But if you go to him and say, hey, I need help with the booking, you have to show him a list of promoters that you've emailed, texted, Facebooked on your own. And if you can show him that list, to, so you show him you're willing to do the work, then he'll get you a booking or he'll help you get a booking. That's but, smart. Yeah, it's because it's uh, people get lazy with it. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, everybody wants it to, to fall into their lap. But it, just, it doesn't happen that way. No, that's, you know, you look at what you've, the traveling you've done. I'm, and I'm not even talking the international stuff. Josh is, the, I told you, Josh is from uh, Montana. And they don't get shows okay. up there, but yet you've gone up there. Yeah. You know, that's you yeah, found your way up there. No, what was Japan like? Man, Japan was amazing. More than anything, just kind of being in that, their culture where they all have this, they just obsessed with wrestling. Like everybody involved, you know, that's just their, their day in, day out. Uh, you wake up and it's just it's just wrestling all day. Uh, I was lucky enough to have some time to kind of explore the city while I was there. But yeah, just that, just that kind of a you know, there's a lot of us are obsessed with wrestling anyway. But uh, to be over there and uh, to get paid, you know, pretty nice for it and get to get to uh, just kind of be ingrained in that culture of it was uh, was a good time. That's here's the thing, brother. This is here's, here's the thing, brother. This is Josh. This is. I spent seven months over in Japan, specifically in Okinawa, and I cannot, yeah. I cannot put into words and I cannot describe to people the culture that is associated with Japanese people, Japanese culture, and professional wrestling. It is something that you cannot put into words, I don't think, unless you can, hopefully you can, but I can't. <laughs> no, it's, um, it is, it is a strange kind of, uh, vibe, right? Like, they, they just respect the athletes, period. But the way that they treat pro wrestlers, uh, you know, just from, seeing how they treated us and how, um, 
oh man, just a receptive sponsoring board to us was uh, was something else, man. Now here's a question: How many of the boys, since you're back, how many of the boys have asked you for advice or to show you something you learned in Japan? Uh, you know, I had a uh, as soon as I got back, I talked to Booker and uh, I told him I, I wanted to teach a class uh, once a week at the uh, Reality Wrestling Gym. So uh, Tuesday was my first class, and yeah, we had like a I don't want to say record turnout, but I mean twenty or thirty students showed up. Awesome. It was a good group of guys, and uh, yeah, everybody was real receptive to uh, to you know learning something new and uh, kind of seeing that perspective you know that I picked up over there. What caught me was, like, we only saw, you know, 10 minutes a day of what you were doing. You did the one. Right. You were doing the drill where it wasn't, you didn't do a springboard, obviously, off the ropes, but you were doing the drills, and you, like, sort of did, like, a tightrope onto the top rope. And just that, that balance. And some of the guys, weren't, some of the guys that were from Japan weren't doing it, but you, it looked like you tried everything. And there was one day, there was the one drill you couldn't do, and you went back at the end until you got it right. there to learn something i was there to uh to pick up new tricks so if there's something i can't do i'm like all right i need to figure this out i'm not gonna just stick to what i know so yeah the, the, uh and what's cool about you know the japan system is i don't know if you guys know they do the excursions yes, where uh you know trips. once you graduate the dojo they send off they go to a different country and they train that style so we had one guy there who had trained in the uk for six months oh. and we had one guy who had trained in mexico and lucha libre so they were taking that bringing it back to the Russell one Japanese style and then kind of doing that. So, like, a lot of the springboard stuff was coming from that guy who had trained okay. in, uh, in Mexico. So it's kind of like a world culture of, uh, of just, you know, yeah, all different styles of wrestling kind of coming together there. And it's not like, you you know, you weren't, you, you were hanging around, you know, we saw you a lot in the kitchen trying to figure out what was in the food. But you were like, <laughs> But you were, you know, you were there brushing elbows with the CEO. So it's... You got, I don't want to say you got an experience other people wouldn't have, but you took it all in in the way I don't think everybody would have. You know, and that's, um, I think part of it is I owe that to doing the uh, direct files on fight, is that, you know, I knew my job. I'm like, okay, I have to do a daily video blog. I have to have some kind of content to put out there, so I better figure out something interesting to do. And, uh, you know, Russell One being on board, obviously, with like uh, with, with doing the, the video blog, so they kind of gave me full access, and uh, everybody was cool. Like, Kaz Ayashi is the uh, the president and the booker of Russell One, and, you know, he just kind of, whatever I needed to do, he was helping me get it done. Now, will you ever complain about a, uh, a stiff kick after hearing the K-1 kicks? <laughs> oh, Jesus, man, yeah. <laughs> uh, those guys, are, those K-1 guys are, are animals, man. Dude, that video that you put up where it was just your face and you were sitting there and you could hear, like, the, the literal skin on skin and bone on bone, yeah. that was insane. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm done, but I had my earphones in, and I'm sitting there just doing bicep curls, and I just hear these guys, ah, ah, like, laying in these nasty kicks with each other, and I'm like, oh, that should work out a little harder, I guess. I don't know. I have an important question, and this relates to one of your tweets where you were, oh, no, I think it was one of the, part of the Q&A vlog you did and this is did you find good beer out there oh man yeah there was uh there's some pretty good beer gardens what what they don't know how to do is they don't know how to pour beer everywhere i went they uh you drank the pearl and orion yeah yeah it's uh they're all like uh you know the glass they give you is like half a head of beer oh jesus uh, yeah not the same not the same culture they love their highballs they love whiskey and uh Ginger ale. Well, Japanese. That's what Japanese whiskey's getting kind of big here now, so I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't That's, mind it. Oh, I'm uh, sure you did. That's the so what I got out of Texas in hanging around with you know the back then it was the PWA guys for the weekend I was down there is so up in Boston in the wrestling locker room you get two groups of guys you get the one group in the corner that's. Like they're not all straight edge, but they're straight edge reading their comics, and then you got the group on the other side, and they're drinking the beers. You guys are all the fun side. Everybody that was in Texas drank with us that weekend, and that, I don't know if it's like that all the time or if we, you know, because it was WrestleMania weekend or whatever. But I mean, man, I, yeah, you guys, you guys had fun. Man, yeah, it's, it's definitely a fun culture out here. Uh, as long as we keep it after the show. Yes. Yeah. 
those uh, those Wild West guys who uh, are trying to get started a little early with the party. I, mean, uh, I can't support that. That's no. Well, I mean, you got to you, your life and your opponent's life is in your hand in the ring. So yeah, obviously you got to keep it after. That's it so. is such a it is such a different different culture. Even even two years removed right now, just just two years removed, it is such a different culture because as, as Rex just said, I mean, they're these guys are from Japan are traveling to the UK. They're yeah. traveling to Germany for maybe even WXW or, or whatever over there. But they're traveling to different places, learning all those styles. And the people that are benefiting from this are the fans and from us. But the, the specific people that are benefiting from all of this, especially when the WWE started to go to nine dollars and ninety nine cents a month, that allowed a lot of people to open up to New Japan Pro Wrestling to all these patrons and, and support and pay money to guys like Rex where we can buy their t-shirts, do stuff, follow Fight TV, follow the Rex Files, do all this stuff and be innovated and learn exactly what it means to a headlock and, let, and learn what it means to sell a move, learn what it means to not consistently communicate in the ring with your mouth, but do it through the moves. And that's the coolest thing that I, I enjoy and I love by watching the Rex Files and, and learning from Rex is that it's, not really the kayfabe is gone. It's still there. It's that everybody understands it's there. We appreciate it and we love it. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know that's I'm, I'm, that means a lot. You say that, man. I appreciate that, and I feel like that's kind of where we move to. I think you're right with just the availability of wrestling. What I've always wondered was why, like, if you want to learn about acting, you can read everything you want to about acting, but that doesn't mean you can't still enjoy the movies. You can still you can learn how like the the techniques an actor uses, and you can learn like how they put scenes together, and you can watch all the behind the scenes stuff. But you can still enjoy the movie. So like, why can't we do that with wrestling? Why is there this barrier of we can't talk about how we you know how we train and how we put these things together because we act like that'll ruin wrestling? But it's just helping people who are passionate about it, people who want to understand it, like understand it deeper, allowing them to see it and understand it deeper because that's where we should be in 2018. I feel like, and, okay. and that's what all, and that's what we're all about. Is that we're gonna we promote this this stuff, and, and we're asking people, we're asking people. Okay, if you're going to the show, I don't give a shit. Grab somebody, pay for their ticket, and take them with them. Take, just take them with, just go with, because it is so different now than it was even two years ago. Because the talent is tremendous, the training is universal, the the trust is opening, and the the iron curtain, so to speak, that you're talking about is kind of coming down. Everybody knows that, that K-Babe is cool. Like, you can go to shows, and you can, you know, it can be some bookers say, okay, you're a face, you're in this locker room, you're a heel, you're in this locker room. And that's how it works. That's just how it works. And I, I understand 100% respect that, but the coolest thing about it is that when you've got people like yourself uh, that are coming up, and I've said this specifically, is I think you're a, a young, young, stone-cold Steve Austin. I see it in your moves. I see it in what you do. I see it in how you present yourself. It's just going to take that time, and, and you've done it, and you, you're, you're, you're a Shiner Box fan, you're a dude, and you've got it right, and that's what's so cool, cool about your generation is that you put the professionalism first and the partying second. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, with just the way things are so different than they are two years ago from uh, when I started training and, uh, you know, with the PWA days of reality wrestling, what we were all waiting on is, like, you got to wait for an opportunity to come up. you got to wait for somebody to give you a call. But now we're in a position where you can do your own thing. Like, the, the Rex Files, you know, this opportunity to do this, this tour for Wrestle 1, and then after that, they're like, yeah, you did a good job. We're going to keep it going. So I'm doing the Rex Files uh, twice a week now on Fight TV. But it's an opportunity for me to have my own show on Fight TV and, you know, promote myself in that aspect, do my shows. And, like, there, there's never been easier access to – for people to see independent wrestlers and for someone to grow their own brand and become their own uh, business than it is right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question because this has always been the hardest pill for me to swallow is <clears throat> when somebody says an independent wrestler. What yeah. that means to to most people is is that you are an independent contractor that is contracted to do in, in individual promotion and that individual promotion is 100 percent by you trusting, and that's what JP was talking about, is to have that network where if you, if you if you're willing to do the work and, and put the work in like you've done, 
I mean, Jesus, man, how hard was it you to figure out how to cut video, edit it, post it, and say, holy crap, that doesn't look like shit. I might have done a good job. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Trying to learn on the fly, it was a, that was, that was a, uh, this learning curve, for sure. You learned quicker than I did how to edit. You learned quicker how to edit videos than I did how to edit the, the talking. So I'm still not that good with editing the podcast yet. And yours looked professional. Looked like you had been doing YouTube videos, like doing YouTube vlogs forever. Or, you know, like you fit in right with all the people that have been doing that for a while. So I appreciate that, man. You know, uh, still learning, right? Still uh, always improving. That's, that's How it. much work is that for you? How much work is it for you to do put the rec files together? I mean, if you if you go through a day right now as an independent wrestler, somebody that doesn't have health insurance, doesn't have any of this stuff out there, you're an independent wrestler. What is your day, and and how does that translate into making professional wrestling a dream that you want to make it into right now? Uh, are you saying like what's like my day to day? Yeah, I mean you've got you've got a you got a you got a schedule time for social media for training. Promoting yourself, scheduling shows. I mean, I'm going here this day. Tickets. I mean, it's got to be a lot, right? Yeah, you got it, man. That's a you know, I have a, a little daily planner, and um, I have like goals that, that I set. Where I, okay, I got to make sure I, I post social media. I got to promote my upcoming appearance, and I got to promote this, you know, whatever this video I did. And then at the same time, like I have to like so. What I'm going through right now is like okay, well I'm trying to design this shirt, and I'm trying to get someone to model it, and I need to get it printed. At the same time, I'm trying to produce this video, and at the same time, I'm trying to promote like my upcoming appearance, and I'm trying to book out soon. So, like, there's a lot of stuff, and it's like a, this, you know, the one man show. But uh, I get fired up by it. I I like having too much stuff going on because it just means like, all right, this this is gonna pay off, you know, down the line. Like, working now for June means that in like June, maybe I don't have to work. I have to work for December. You know what I'm saying? Like, just keep building out that way. I just I can't I can't fathom and I, and, I, and I don't know how much I'll side story here sidebar we can cut this later but dude I interview a lot of metal and hard rock guys dudes I mean um, Jason Mayo for Johnny Poole um, a, a lot of stuff and I cannot put into words or describe the amount of travel and the dedication you guys have to have especially you you've been wanting to do this since you were a kid oh yeah absolutely um, you know that's that's just part of it I don't know to me like. I, I always I don't mind being on the highway I don't mind the the drive because it's an op- I mean you just you get an opportunity to do what you love to do you know what I mean like it's what I want to do since I was nine so if someone in Dallas or someone four hours away or seven hours away has a a show that I can do and I get to, I get paid to do it and I get to be in front of an audience like man that's a uh, <laughs> how can I pass that up No, you've been the only what's the difference in wrestling or training from doing it down for Booker Doing it at Wrestle One and, and doing it. I heard in, it right there, man. You heard it in his voice. <laughs> and doing it in India. Oh, so uh, you know, in India, I was running the show, so I was I was uh, teaching these guys the basics, and um, you know that just teaching the very base level stuff, like uh, simple simple wrestling. So it wasn't as intense. It was intense with just trying to to deal with living in India <laughs> and like the. Uh, the heat index and all that kind of stuff. That that was a that was a battle. But uh, the difference in here and uh, Wrestle One primarily is uh, is what I wanted to bring with my classes that I teach these kids is, is you know I have jujitsu experience and I, I've always been a, a fan of mixed martial arts. But a lot of these kids have never uh, shoot wrestled or done jujitsu or anything like that, so they weren't exposed to what it means to like actually. Uh, you know, grapple with somebody. So this first Tuesday, I you know I took everybody in there. I'm like, all right, you're just gonna pair up, and we're gonna fight. We're gonna see what happens. So <laughs> I had these uh, had these guys shoot wrestling for the first time, and uh, experiencing what that was. And in wrestle one, you know, it doesn't matter what your size is. You're pairing off with everybody. So it doesn't, it, you know, it's this this all Japan guy who's been around for 10 years. He's 250 pounds. He's gonna smash the 140 pound young boy just to show him he's got to put on some size and he's got to get better at wrestling. Uh, so, you know, just a little bit of different culture and it's just not – you don't get babied in Wrestle 1. Not to say you get babied here, but you get eased in a little bit more okay. here than you would there. I, 
Let me ask you. Let me help you. Let me ask you this. So you you just this is what I found, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong when I when I say this, Rex. Is what I find out in the states specifically is if you've got something that's really green, um, you can put them in a match with someone that has 15 or 20 years of experience, and they're willing to they are willing to adapt. And if there's a missed spot, a miss this or that, they're willing to communicate with that greenhorn and help them progress. Whereas when you're over there in Japan, it is old school, 1980s, the WWF, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going to show you that you don't belong here. And the only way you're going to belong here is if you show me that you belong here. Yeah, um, I can agree with that. Just uh, Not that maybe you don't belong here, but like if, if you don't fire up, if you don't hit me, then I'm not selling for you. Like, I'm not working with you unless you, like, give me a reason to work with you. And, uh, like I said, here, yeah, maybe people give too much. They're like, all right, yeah, it's okay, we'll, uh, we'll cover this up, or, ah, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that intense. And, uh, yeah, I think, think, uh, people get put on shows before they're ready here, and you really have to work for it there. There's kids here in, in Massachusetts that wrestle, and they're, they're good wrestlers. I'll say good. Yeah. But I can like I grew up in the city. I grew up in Boston. Southie. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But like I've been in I've never pro wrestled, but I've been in fist fights. And I can watch yeah. these kids wrestle and I'll I'll talk to them after the shows. You know, dude, you've never been in a fist fight in your life. What are you doing in the ring? Go to a bar, get in a fight, and then figure it out. You can tell by the way, you know, the way someone sells something as simple as a punch, like they, they've never really been punched. And it yeah. drives me nuts. So I think you going in there and just doing shoot wrestling with them, I think that's a great idea. And I think every that's something everyone should adapt because it will just make everything more believable. Absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, and you know, that's, you know what I told them at the end of the day. I was like, hey, you know, you guys have been in pro wrestling school. Don't you think you should have some grasp of wrestling? You know, um, you should you should be able to handle yourself because I mean, you know, you know, worst case scenario, someone tries to test you, and uh, you need to be able to to handle yourself. They were mixed martial artists, MMA guys, Rampage Jackson, uh, Rashad, Rashad Evans. They both took um, pro wrestling classes to learn how to cut promos. Why am why won't pro wrestlers learn MMA for the same reasons? to learn how to really do the Absolutely. moves. You know, that's... In order to sell it right, you've got to actually that, feel it. Yeah, it's something else that drives me crazy in wrestling is that, for some reason, if you're an MMA fighter, you're constantly training throughout your entire career. But for some reason, pro wrestlers, a lot of times, you know, they, they get a couple of years in and they feel like they don't have to train anymore. And that, I don't understand that at all. It drives me nuts, too. As a fan, it drives Here's, me nuts. Let me ask you this, Rex, and this is <clears throat> kind of going back a little bit, is, is we were talking about independent wrestling and, and everything. What is, right now, what is your what is your ultimate goal? I know you, you're the type of guy that has short-term goals. You're the type of guy that has long-term goals. You're the type of guy that, I mean, mom is everything to you, and I, we know that. The biggest thing that, that I want to know is, is, for me, what is Rex Andrews' ultimate goal? Ah, man, ultimate goal is... Uh, you know, I'm pretty flexible at the end of the day. But to make a career, like a long, substantial career, and, uh, and to, you know, yeah, that's that's the ultimate goal. I, I feel like with the way that the independents are right now, it's uh, you don't need that, that elusive contract as much as you used to. You know, guys are doing really well. And uh, I think that is, that's the ideal goal because then you still have your freedom. You can still kind of, you know, do what you want to do. That that's where I would like to see myself the most is just staying on the independence but making a good career doing this. And you, so you're talking, and just just so I clarify, when people listen to this, you're talking more about a Chris Jericho type aspect to to what you want to accomplish. Is that right? I mean, yeah, you can't set a higher goal than that, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no. When I when I look at guys like uh, you said, you mentioned Matt Riddle earlier, or like a Joey Ryan. Uh, the Young Bucks and like you know Chris Jericho, like guys who have that ultimate freedom to to just be their these personalities and make a living doing pro wrestling and you know things associated with that. I think uh, is amazing. It's so. Much what do you think? 
What do you think is the, what do you think just just in your experience? Because you've been, I mean, this is a, a dream since you've been nine, and and for old old dudes like JP and I, this was not a possibility when we were growing up. It was this was not a possibility. If you were a professional wrestler, you were you were Xerxes, you were Hercules, you were a guy that was unstoppable and just they came out of nowhere. Now, right, if somebody's interested in this, you can get up to the local dojo, you can you can learn, you can be taught from professionals such as yourself. How cool is that for you to be able to not only be as young as you are, but be able to pass on that legacy like Booker T's passing on to you? Yeah, you know, uh, that's it's very cool to be able to. to it, it's it's a weird transition to go from, you know, just being the guy who's just trying to. I mean, I, dude, I attended every seminar that was out there. I tried to learn from everybody that I could, and uh, you know, just just try to be a sponge for as much wrestling as possible. And then when someone comes along and asks me for advice. That's a it's a weird transition. It's a weird feeling, but uh, it's it man, it's amazing to be able to think that like the people who helped me out to be able to to play that role for somebody else is uh, yeah, it's an honor. You've, I mean, you've done because you're one of the trainers for, at Booker School now, and Booker. So we we talk all the time. Like there's a million different wrestling schools across the country right now. But there's yeah. three or four legitimate schools where you're going to go and you're going to learn everything and you're going to get the exposure you need out of the school. And Fouquetese is absolutely one of them. And I don't know what the school's like now. I know back at WrestleMania 25, I know what it was like. And I had seen all the schools here, including the best schools here. And it was nothing like that. Like He had a full gym set up back there. Two rings and a full gym setup, and no other wrestling school I've ever seen had the gym setup, the weight setup, and that's so, such a big part of it. It's awesome that you guys have that, and you get the world class training, you get all the exposure you need. That you can do whatever you want with the exposure you get if you want to use it, and you can go out there and you can get those spots on RAW and get the you know get seen by those guys. Awesome. If that's not what you want to do, you don't have to do it. But you have that opportunity. And people who don't take it and they go to Joe Schmo's wrestling school when Joe Schmo hasn't done anything outside of your area, I'm not taking anything away from that. Sometimes those are the best places to get the basics. But you got to ask your trainer where he's been. You don't have to ask Booker yeah. T where he's been. And for Booker right. T to co-sign for you like that, that's humongous. Yeah, you know, that's... Um it's a pretty surreal thing for me. You know, he, he hasn't put his stamp on a lot of people like that and uh, been so public about his support. And, uh, you know, for him to 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 be as uh, supportive as he has been for me and to give me the opportunities he has and, you know, kind of put the light on me is, uh, man, you know, it's not it's not something I expected, especially because I, I was the guy who trained at that local Joe Schmo school in Alabama and realized, like, hey, this isn't it. This isn't what I want to do. And, uh you know, moved out to Booker's and, you know, try to get that world-class training and for him to uh, believe in my abilities enough to put me on the public stage and say, like, this is my guy, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a big sign of respect, and I, I appreciate it from him. Now, what would you – so someone wants to get into wrestling, somebody wants to learn how to wrestle and thinks they want to do it, what's your advice to them? You know, uh, I would say, like, with the way that independent wrestling is, I feel like there's, there's a lot of different levels. And I compare it to baseball. You know, there's guys who, uh, in independent wrestling, you know, there's guys who are, like, they're playing triple-A ball. And they're trying to make it to the majors. They're they're pretty good, and they're trying to, to get there. But there's also guys playing rec league softball. So I would just say be realistic with your expectations and uh, know what you're getting into. Go shop around a school if you're really serious about it then you're probably going to have to move unless you're in a major market and you're lucky enough to have a good school near you uh so if it, if you want to make a career out of it then you got to get to a, like the one of those top level schools and uh really make a go for it because you're not gonna you know you got to set yourself up for success in such an oversaturated market now how many schools are there in your area other than book of t's is there other schools yeah they're popping up all the time you know uh I think just in the Houston area, there's um, four or five quote-unquote schools. Why would you do it? Like, and, uh, 
Yeah, you know, it, it's just that's the way it is. I think everybody, you know, someone's been around 15 years, and they're like, oh, I'm going to buy a ring, and I'm going to set up a school. But, and uh, here's what it is, JP. Here's what it is, JP. It's just like anything else. Is as soon as somebody thinks they have a little bit of experience, think they ha- thinks they have a little bit of knowledge, they, they go out there and do it. It's like there's Rex has taken his time out of his day to be on, on part of our podcast. There's got to be at least 5,000 other podcasts out there that do the same stuff that yeah. we do. The only difference is, is that we understand the humility, the respect, right. the trust, and the circle that it takes to get more Rex has got. That's the that's the biggest difference. We're not we're not just Marks. We we you live it, I live it, we yeah. love it. It's something that we've oh. grown up with. I mean, we grew. I grew up watching AWO with my great grandfather on his lap on Saturday nights, watching Black and White TV. Man, that that's what it, that's where it stems from. <laughs> and we get a, we get a chance with somebody like Rex to come on here and and, and talk about. How kayfabe is still there, yeah. but it's oh. it's, it's not. So, it's it's a line. It's a line that we. It's a gray line that we love. It's not black and white. And he's not here being the the the, the tactician that he is. He is he is here being Rex Andrews, which is the coolest thing for these kids now, is that they can be themselves. They can also be the character in the ring. Everybody understands and knows the difference, and, and the sky is the limit for these kids, man. And that's what's so cool about having Rex on here is that he's humble, he's dedicated, he loves his mom, and that's what we're here for, man. <laughs> but his, in Texas, though, like, Texas is a huge state, and I get that. But in Texas, yeah. you got you guys in Houston, you got reality of wrestling in Houston to learn from, and then, what's it, down in Austin where you got Rudy, Rude Boy? With the TWA? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you got two of the, literally, two of the top schools in the country. Why Why would anyone else open? I would not, it would be a piss-poor business plan to open up a wrestling school unless you're like, unless you're Hulk Hogan. You, there's no reason you would get any business in tech yeah, because you, know, uh, you guys, uh, anyone who doesn't go to YouTube should be making, ashamed of themselves. We're just making... We're just making statements and Rex is sitting there going, yep. Right. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I don't, uh, you know, make good points. It's it's just nuts to me that there would be other wrestling schools in Texas because those like those two, if you're up in the Houston area, if you're not going to reality of wrestling, who's training you? Because the trainer who taught him is probably Booker T. And they're still in business, so why wouldn't you just go there? It it yeah. kills me, the uh-huh. amount of wrestling schools. Like up here, we have New England Pro Wrestling Academy, which is another one of the ones I'd say is the one of the tops in the country. But then there's other schools where they might be good for learning the basics, for a shorter, shorter, you know, or even like a monthly basis. But if you want to go past working in Elks Lodge, you got to go past that in training. Yeah, and that's what I was saying about, you know, different levels of uh aspirations like if, if you want to if you just want to have this as a hobby and you just want to do it on the weekends and you want to train for a couple months to get on a show bookers is not the place for you like, but, you got to be dedicated you got to work hard and uh you know really try to make a go as a career for this if you want to uh be a part of uh, reality wrestling and that's that's the difference did we talked about did we talk about his day or did we go off on a tangent yet did we talk about what your day is from fucking the time you get up till you leave? I mean, yeah, I know you talked about um, social media and stuff like that, but, I mean, regular job, training, what time you're getting up. I mean, if somebody really wants to get in this wreck, I mean, because you are, you are heart and soul. You are what it takes to get into this business, what it takes to, to do what you do. I mean, you're willing to, to travel to Japan, a country you've never been in, probably freaked out of shit, plus you want to go ahead and, and also do videos cut it, put it together, do a Rex files, but also, I mean, it's how you are taking this, and, and, and to me, it's just, it's to the point where it's like, this guy is over the top, and that's what it takes. Is that what, what it takes for, for kids these days? I mean, it's, and when you were getting this business, you can't, you had, you either got to be all in or nothing. Absolutely. I think that is what it takes, and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, before the Rex files, I was, uh, a, you know, kind of busy on social media, but... Once this thing started, I was like, okay, this is a daily thing. I better start. I better get going. I better be daily busy, you know, showing people what I'm doing. Because, uh, I don't know, there's, it's this kind of catch where you feel like it doesn't matter. Like, who really cares? Why, why, why am I posting this? And then I realized, like, it's just, man, you got to be all in. you got to be over the top if you're going to stand out. 
Uh, you got to be doing what nobody else is doing. So, um, you know, just just embracing that hustle and just uh, letting people in on what I'm doing has been, I feel like, the biggest difference in, in why I'm picking up the steam I am. So I think it is what's necessary. I think, you know, going over the top and doing as much as possible is what it takes to uh, to stand out in this market. Now, have you gotten, have you had, John, um, since you've gotten back in Japan, have other bookers, have other companies gotten in touch with you about bringing you on to shows? Has that, has that come about yet? Yeah, uh, you know, 2017 I was booked almost every weekend. And, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm booked pretty solid through, uh, through you know, a good portion of the year. And uh, things are just kind of steady picking up. That's, you know, part of the uh, the hustle is I'm, I'm reaching out. But uh, I'm reaching out with a pretty solid resume at this time. So yeah. things have been going pretty good as far as bookings go. If you make it up, you make it anywhere in the East Coast, you let me know and we'll get you up here too, so. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'll take you up on that. i got to get up that way. Boston's a, it's a hot market. It's a, it's a fun market too, so I think you'd fit right in. Your style. Yeah, there's a lot of talented guys out there, man. Oh, yeah, and I think that's everywhere in the everywhere in the world. It just depends on you know, like we just talked about with the schools. It depends on the training that you get and on how far you go. You know, except someone, Montana. <laughs> except Montana, right? Montana. We gotta we gotta run a show up there, Josh. I'm telling you guys right now, it is uh, it's such a the pro wrestling market in Montana is untapped and untouched. If somebody could come in here and just buy the Salvation Army and, and run a school out of here, they would. It would be amazing, but I digress, right? <laughs> I think when uh, when we ran those shows up there, it was uh, big time wrestling. It came in. They, I think they contract out two shows a year out there. Yes. And there's one guy who owns a ring in Montana, so like it just they, they have to get this one guy to bring out the ring. And there's no there's no talent up there. There's no no school, nothing. It's a uh, it's crazy. I've never seen a whole state have no wrestling before. It is. Uh, it, here's the thing. There is a ton of talent up here. There is just no instructors and no schools. Uh, well, we lo- you brought up Wrestle Circus last time we talked. No. And there's a kid from who a- did Rex did Rex did yeah oh yeah I probably brought it up all day so, how hot Texas wrestling is all day a- dude Wrestle Circus is a shit right now. So Josh it's just found bad. Flip Gordon. Okay. And Flip from Flip trained here in Boston. He I know he's gone down for Wrestle Circus a couple times. But Flip's actually from Montana, so he finally found a, a wrestler from Montana. <laughs> oh, there you go, yeah, Dick. He had to get out of Montana to make it happen. <laughs> there's, there's literally no schools, and it, it's nuts because the rest of the country is alphabet. I call it alphabet soup because there's a million different companies on. Like, I'm going to tell you this right now. This, you, you fucking you air this, and I'll pick your ass, JP. <laughs> <laughs> When WCW and WWE were going head-to-head, WCW actually would go um, Missoula, where you were at, Rex. Missoula, yep. Butte, Bozeman, Billings. So it hit four times up here. They would hit four times in Montana when the, the Monday Night Wars were going on. And at that point in time, we were doing this shit. So I met here in Butte, and at that point, Hank Abbott was here. Uh, Goldberg was in Butte, Montana, as was Kevin Nash. So we took those boys out and partied like it was 1999. And that's the type of stuff that you're talking about. It's such a transition between where you're at right now and professional wrestling as opposed to what it was then. Because at that point in time, it was it was a brotherhood, and it was crazy. And now it is also brotherhood, but it's, it's a network. It is a yeah. huge network of people. Yeah, uh, those Wild West days. Uh, <laughs> hearing those stories from those guys like you know Stevie Ray and uh, Bruce Pritchard and those guys. I want to get. Uh, I want to ask some questions to you, and I know we're, we're running a little long, but I, I want to—I just want to ask a few questions from you and where you're at, and the people that you've met. Where do you feel um, you are, as far as—and and I'm bringing this up because I mean, watching Wrestle Circus, watching Tessa Blanchard and Brian Cage, that match was fucking insane. Where are you at with intergender matches and women's wrestling? And the revolution that's going on right now, which is insane. All right, so uh, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling. I, I think, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, like when we talked about how things have shifted so much in a couple of years, it's insane. I, I, I know that there was a lot of women's talent out there, 
but you just didn't see it. And now there's so many, you know, good female workers out there and they're putting on amazing matches. Um, it, it, you know, it's just great. It's great to see. It's just wrestling across the board. And I like being on cards and it not being the, the women's match not being the novelty anymore. You know, it used to be like the announcer would be like, all right, you guys ready for the ladies match? You know, everybody like gives the hoops and hollers. And now it's just, you know, just another match on the card. And, uh, you know, there'll be two or three or whatever it is. So a lot of respect for all the female wrestlers out there doing great stuff. I'm personally not a big fan of the intergender wrestling, um, just from the sense of the believability. And I know in pro wrestling that gets tricky and it gets weird. But, uh, yeah, it's just I, I, don't, I don't get it myself. No. Yeah. So you consider yourself more you, you consider yourself more of a purist as far as men and men and women in the ring. I mean that's that dude. That's how I am. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's hard and it's it's hard to put over and it's hard to sell. So when you can actually do it and you can put somebody like a Brian Cage and a Tessa Blatcher together and it can get pulled off, that's amazing. And that's that's a big reason I wanted to ask because dude, you're eating, sleeping, and breathing this on a daily basis, and I, I you're feeling it, and I want to see what it's like on your guys' level, because if it's if, if people are touting this as the next big thing, I can understand it and I can see it, but at the same time, it's difficult. Yeah, no, there's people out there doing it right, for sure. I mean, like you said, like that, the Tess Blanchard, Brian Cage match, they did a great job of um, not making it hard for the audience to meet them halfway. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, they, they didn't make it totally unbelievable that Tess was in the fight. Absolutely. I'm going to sell it to you, but you don't have to buy it. You can buy it if you want to, but I'm going to fucking sell it to you. Absolutely, yeah. They're like, we're going to bust our ass and make this the best match we can. And, you know, I can totally appreciate that. Um, and, you know, if, if that's it, that seems to be where the market's going and that there's a lot of demand for intergender matches. Um, and, you know, like I said, I can appreciate it. Like, Joey Ryan does a great job with it, obviously, with tags he would do with uh, Candice LeRae. She did a great job. Everybody, you know, the whole team. So, you know, it, it's uh, it's just a different, it's just uh, a, a thing in the time in independent wrestling we're at. Yeah, James, El- James Ellsworth right now is actually traveling with an agenda belt that he made up. The thing with yeah, Ellsworth no. is you believe Ellsworth could get his ass kicked by a girl. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know, good for that guy. Of like I, I, being in the market and be like, okay, there's a, there's a spot for this. Yeah. I don't believe Brian Cage can get his ass kicked by a girl. Yeah. But I mean, it it it's whatever. It's I I'm with you on it, Rex. Where I'm not a fan of it mainly because if I saw a guy hitting a girl outside of a wrestling ring, I would probably step in. Yes. It, yeah. It's something that set, it's, it triggers me. You know what I mean? It sets me off, but. I understand it being in the wrestling ring, it is what it is, and take it for that. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of like my my personal thing, and I, I don't know, maybe it's too old school or it's just like part of my upbringing or whatever, but uh, I just, like, even in training, I'm not going to form a girl in the face, and, you know, whatever that is, I just, I just don't feel right about it. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just, a, yeah, it's just where we're at right now. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a cool and the reason I ask that question is because independent wrestling always brings that stuff to the major stages. <clears throat> and when I talk about major stages, is it's not it, 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 it's a it's a WWE thing. It really is. It's an independent thing to, to bring tickets and, and when it can be done right, like it was with Wrestle Circus, is fucking amazing. But it can also go extremely extremely wrong, and it can be a very very bad situation for a lot of people. So. That, that's the reason I asked the question is because I, you, you're you're touching this shit on a daily basis and you, you're in the trenches and you're feeling this stuff on a daily basis, and that's why we do what we do is so we can make sure that we know what the pulse is. And when there's such a purist like you, it's just nice to have that satisfaction that 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 it's the answer that we're looking for is what we're getting. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure if you pull a hundred different people, you're going to get a lot of different answers, especially about something like that. It's all about the money, man. It's all about the greenbacks. You know, That's it's like, it. Yeah, where, where's the bookings coming from? And wrestling is, it's wrestling's ice cream. It's, there's a flavor for everybody, so. Absolutely. Rex, here's, I got a list of questions here that I ask everybody, 
So I'm going to kind of go through these things, and then I think we're going to try and wrap wrap up. But uh, these are kind of things that that we do that are important to us, and it's important that we that we stay grounded in who we are because we're we're old fucking wrestling guys, man. We really are, and we try to keep it grounded. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, who have been the three most influential people in your life outside of the ring? Uh, <clears throat> all right, so um, outside of the ring, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to have to say Booker, uh, just professionally as a businessman and how to handle yourself as a professional. Booker has been a great mentor. Um, my dad is, you know, another one who's just, uh, he was always supportive of, uh, you know, the hustle and me trying to, trying to do my thing and, uh, yeah. Probably, you know, I have to go with my mom. She's just my parents are have been very supportive and very understanding in me pursuing this weird passion. How hard was it? How hard was it? You tell mom and dad, mom and dad, I'm gonna pursue this dream and I'm gonna be a professional wrestler. It wasn't hard for me. It was probably hard for them though. Like <laughs> for me, I was just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I think I told my dad when I was nine, and it, you know, he just kind of shrugged me off like you would any nine year old, and then. uh as the time went on, they realized I wasn't joking. And uh, as other opportunities came up and I said no because I was going to pursue pro wrestling, and they just kind of, you know, nodded their heads okay. And uh, when I started out and I was, you know, wrestling in flea markets and old train stations and stuff like that, I'm sure they weren't happy. Nobody wants their 16-year-old doing that. But uh, when I got out here with Booker and they started, you know, seeing me on flyers and uh, seeing my progress and seeing that I was really going after it, they uh, they were totally accepting. Here, here's what I want to tell mom and dad while we're here: is that dude, we are super proud of you, and we are so honored to be behind you. Hey, no, I I really appreciate it, man. Any any support is uh is amazing. Um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Thank you so much, guys. You guys did a great job. You guys are good podcast hosts. You know, you guys know what you're doing. We're fucking. <laughs> so we don't know what we're doing yet, dude. <laughs> Do what? We don't know what we're doing yet. We're trying to figure that out. Watch out, guys. We're all learning as we go, right? <laughs> that's, that's it, <laughs> you man. Start out, you know what I mean? Like, you guys, dude, I've done a lot of, uh, done a lot of podcasts and a lot of these interviews. You guys, you guys are solid, man. You guys are good. I appreciate it. Uh, so it's amazing to have you guys just a part of the, the, you know, the wrestling business right now. And that's the thing, yeah. because you're going to find out. If, if you need pub, if you needed to push anything within a text, if you text either one of us, Within five minutes, we're gonna have shit up for you. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I will yeah. take you guys up on that. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And that's and that's the thing is that we, the, the biggest thing, Rex, is why we took a break is it was personal. We knew we were years ahead of where we needed to be at that point in time. Yeah, and we we decided that it was it was a chance to wait for the industry to catch up with us, and it has. And that's yeah. the coolest thing for us is that it's finally caught up with us, and there's so many opportunities. For so many people to experience professional wrestling for even $5 a month for Patron to people to fucking say, hey, you know what, if you pay me $2 a month, I'll fucking mention you on Twitter or whatever the hell these people are doing, right? That's the coolest thing, and we want to help you guys make as much money as you can. Yeah. Finn Balor, Natty Neidhart, Matt Seidel, I mean, you can run through the litany of lists, and and when I say I'm honored and proud to have you, dude, I, I really am. I, I, I'm, I'm glad, and you are my Stone Cold Junior, and I'm going to say that to the fucking end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Appreciate that, guys. No, you, yeah. you, you are great at your art, man, and it is that. It is an art, so. Wait, you, man, keep you, fucking, know, you, keep, you keep fucking busting your ass, and we'll keep busting our ass for you. That sounds good, mm. man. We'll keep it going. When you, when, <laughs> you, together. when you get that deal and you make it big, we're going to be like, we knew him. We knew him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have this audio to go back to, right? That's it. <laughs> So, man, I don't, I don't have any more questions, man. I appreciate it. If anybody that you know wants to kind of experience the same thing, um, just let them know. We're here to help you guys out. We're not here to fucking, you know, we're we're going to be marked 100 percent of the time, all the time, because I couldn't do what you guys do, and I admire it and I love it and I miss it. But we're just here to help you guys make as much money as you possibly can, live out your dream, and do what you can do. And I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, you know, I hope we talk soon, and. uh yeah, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on, ultimately. Yeah, no problem. Always. You, you, 
dude, it's it's uh if you want to do a monthly thing, you you are always welcome here. You're you're a class act, and the fact that Booker T is, is behind you 100 percent just default. We are default behind Booker T at that I, point in time. I, uh, there we go. I need you to thank Booker for me, by the way. <laughs> okay. I, he are, I think he knows what this is about. The shit with Corey <laughs> Graves. The stuff with Corey Graves oh. was fucking amazing. Yeah. I had said it. I said it on the air. I said I think there's going to be a match at WrestleMania between the two. <laughs> and I, I just had a like. Neither those two guys are both too professional to go off on their own tangent like that. But the publicity they showed kayfabe works. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? It, it's they didn't yeah. tell anyone. They didn't have permission. They just did it. And they got in what Sports Illustrated, Forbes, and a couple other real magazines. So please yeah, thank him. Like Booker has been trying to get off the. But you look at what that did. It, it, it was incredible. Absolutely, yeah. And when he got Corey, all I want to do, all I want to do, all I want to see Booker to do, all I want to see him do is a fucking spinner Rooney and then drop the mic in front of fucking Corey Graves and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> but when he got Corey Graves on the radio show and they they were just laughing about it, that was great. I just wish yeah. I had wished it gone on a little bit longer, and they actually did something. Forced they could have forced WWE to do something, yeah, or at least address it or something, right? Like, right, push it that far. So, can you just please give him? Just let him know I was entertained by that. I'll let him know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Hey, that was the best thing. Thank you all so for tuning into the Irish Whip. We will <laughs> see you next hey, Tuesday. Thanks, all, man. I appreciate it.